everyone. Welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we are watching the entire Fast and Furious franchise a quarter hour at a time. I'm your co-host, Zach Facetta. I am Vito Lapicola. Green Green Benches, San Ray Bench. Yeah! Well, apparently it's coming Ray. off of a six-week bender. He's been hibernating. <laughs> Dude, I have the worst fucking summer cold right now. It's it's bad. Oh man, Anyways. it must be going around. It's going around because uh, I read an article about how since everybody was like locked away for a year and a half, you know, now that everybody's kind of getting back out into society and stuff like that, like all the little kids have colds and are getting sick, and because our immune systems. Are you calling me a little kid? Yes, you're a child. You're a man child. You're man child, Anthony Ray Bench. That's that's gonna be your your action figure card when they make a like a, a tops card for you, but um but no so that's why everybody's like getting that. sick. Thank mm. God it isn't, you know, not everyone's getting the, well, the Delta or whatever. But that's, anyway, that's why we're we're taking it back to 2015. That's we're right. Turn back the clock about what is it six seven years something like back that. Back to the heyday when the Fast and the Furious movies were somewhat believable. But <laughs> yeah, not exactly. Quite unbelievable. This will, I, you know, when I texted you guys after I watched this section and I was kind of like, this feels where, like, I still like it. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like the wheels are starting to go off the tracks. Like some of the continuities kind of, yeah, we'll get to it, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Let's hope that the series, even though it's gone off the tracks, it lands back on the tracks like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom and not like That's right. a horrible train wreck. And not like a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes. Oh God. Are you ready, Anthony? Let's do. Are it. you Are you buckled in? Yeah, I'm buckled in. Let's <laughs> that's all. Go. I just wanted to pop Anthony that's, a little. That's bit. the that's most enthusiasm you're ever going to get from him. So <laughs> that's I'll, all I, I got that as a win. <laughs> well, as we had left off previously, uh, Hobbs and Shaw are fighting like a bunch of macho maniacs. And uh, I'm sure you guys noticed this, but there's a brief moment where they seem to both realize they've kind of met their match which yes. I liked. Yes. Uh, so that was kind of cool because the, you know, obviously they're used to beating, you know, the tar out of whoever they come up against. Hobbs rock bottom Shaw through a glass coffee table. I thought Anthony had to enjoy that bit. Just a little bit of pro that wrestling. That shot was awesome. How, how the, how the camera rotates too. I thought that was really clever of James Wan. Yeah. yeah there I, was a I, lot of it. I, I popped for that. Like he used to do that in like pretty much every single movie. Like I know he did it in the rundown. He did it in the Scorpion King. Like I don't know. It was he almost prob- expected for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. He probably did it and be cool, but I, I, I don't know anybody. Actually, that. that that movie is terrible. Also directed by F. Gary Gray, who did Fast Eight. The movie itself Ooh. is terrible. It's a sequel to Get Shorty, which is yeah. great, but The Rock is amazing in it. That was the movie that actually got him. Uh, the critics really loved his performance. He's very good in the movie. He plays a big gay Samoan bodyguard uh, slash hitman, and he's yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Real quick off topic, Vito, did you ever check out the uh, the Get Shorty TV show? I saw uh, about three quarters of the first season, and I actually loved it, even though it completely deviates from the uh, from the source material. But it was still pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. It really, a uh, lot of good performances. Um, but yeah, uh, anyways, back to Fast and Furious. It was super cool seeing The Rock do the uh, 
rock bottom. I wish he still did it. I, I would have loved to see him do it to that big ass fucking gorilla. Well, and also, <laughs> oh yeah, that was what really needed to happen. If Rampage was missing anything, it was a damn uh, rock bottom. Yeah. Um, at this point, Hobbs gets up and he says, damn IT guys, which I guess is referring to Shaw because he was on the computer. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, that was it's it's one of those lines that's actually so dumb. It's fun. It kind of <laughs> works. You know what I mean? You could see yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger giving that line in the '80s. Damn God, IT guys! God damn IT guys! You know, <laughs> your Schwarzenegger is much better than mine, and mine's terrible. So <laughs> and that should that's, that's not saying much for yours, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> um, Deckard grabs a shard of glass and slices Hobbs' legs, then jumps up and pulls a lighting fixture down onto him. Somehow. That was pretty cool. I, I like yeah. that. Like there was. I'll go on, Vito. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say it does show. Uh, this fight shows that uh, Hobbs has a little bit of honor. You know, he he slams him onto the ground and he's like, "Okay, I've won the fight." Shaw grabs a, like literally like a blade of glass and starts slashing him. It shows that Fight's he's dirty. Yeah, he's a dirty fighter. He'll do whatever it takes to win. And I think that took Hobbs by surprise too. You could tell that he was really shocked by by the fact that somebody actually was able to make contact with the, him in a fight. The resourcefulness of yeah. Deckard Shaw. Yeah. Uh, and Hobbs gets knocked down, but he sees a gun strapped under one of the desks, and he grabs it and starts firing at Shaw. And then Alina comes in and she's shooting too. And Shaw tosses a little hockey puck looking looking bomb at him. A little hockey. Yeah, puck that re bomb. that reminded me a little bit of uh, that shot in uh, in the original Die Hard when the uh, when the guard is standing by the elevator and they slide the hockey puck in and it it's it's not a huge explosion, but it, it kind of reminded me of that. It seemed to me like it was a little homage to that. I I bet it probably was. <laughs> How you doing so far, Anthony? You joined the fight? In, are you enjoying the fight? Yeah, I thought it was well shot. Um, it, like it the, the tilts and stuff? That was cool. Yeah, and also I really like, it because it's so trendy to do the, the fucking close-up shit that's been popular since Batman Begins, um, I really like the fact that like you can actually see what's happening and like the fight choreography is really well done. Uh, I enjoyed this this action sequence um for the most part i would agree with that i don't i don't know if we mentioned this in the last episode i i think i did but the fights were done by jeff imada who's a uh he's a pretty famous fight choreographer in los angeles he's got to start with john carpenter so he did all of the mm. stuff in uh, big trouble in little china he Ooh. did all of the fight sequences for uh, they live that huge fight between roddy and uh and and keith uh why am I blanking on his last name? Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, that that huge fight. So that's Jeff Imada. He is like a legend in the in, yeah Keith David. I love that guy. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, he's a legend in the industry, and this fight kind of shows why. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean that fight alone, I think, is kind of just famous among like cinephiles. I guess you know if you yeah. mentioned the they live fight. Yeah. Uh, Decker jumps behind a table, and Hobbs grabs Alina to shield him with his own meaty body as the bomb goes off. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, I love that description. To shield her with his mean, what was it? Mean, meaty body? Oh, I, yeah, just his meaty body. His, his Jesus. meaty frame, his beefy frame. His beefy frame. 
Deckard has to jump behind He's a metal got beef. <laughs> That's right. Where's the beef? It's on it's the on rock's the rock. back. That's that was right. a, that was a joke for all of you who are older than thirty and know what the Wendy's commercials were like in the eighties, which is about mm-hmm. three of you. <laughs> which is probably, let's be honest, most of our audience. Uh, Hobbs and Hobbs and Alina, excuse me, are sent flying out the window and land on a car in the parking lot below them. It's like six floors down. And I, I love the fact that the series, cause there's something that will come up in, in fast nine also with people flying through the air and landing on the, on the hood of a car. And it's like, I don't think that falling from great heights and landing on a car works the way in real life that they think it does in the movies because the impact is going to still be the same no matter yes. what you're landing on. But for some reason, the cars protect people in these movies. <laughs> that is true. This action logic, uh, yeah, cars are basically a crash pad. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the issue I have with the uh, the action sequence, like them flying out the fucking window, landing on the car, and then, like... I don't think it's the next scene. I think it's the scene after, but like, uh, what's her name? Elaine or at least Elena. 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 Yeah. Elena is like, yeah, he, uh, you know, had a fractured arm or a fractured leg and, and, you know, like, he's but at least there were consequences. Bad. Yeah, exactly. Would, like it I'll would be worse if he was that. just fine. His, his back is just fine, which is what actually hit. Yeah. That's the funny part. That's but but again, she he protected her with his meaty back. So maybe his meaty back they would both protected be the bones. Up. Yeah, they would of course both they would. be fucked up. Oh yeah, um, he would have exploded. I mean, it's at at six at six stories, he would have probably popped or had a lot of you know his liver would have exploded or. That's he's been true. Training Vito. He he did. It's like when you watch those videos of people getting punched in the stomach. How Houdini did it, you know, and he's, he he just tightened up at impact. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, also, I didn't really pick up on this, I guess, the first time I watched this, but this is taking place sort of right before the end scene of, of Tokyo Drift, because once the smoke clears in the building, Shaw gets up and he sees on the computer screen Han Solo's face and his location, which as you're watching the movie, I think like if you're in the theater, you're kind of confused because so you're like, well, is he looking for him now? But as we discover, it, it's sort of backtracking a little bit. And it's it's really funny to me that uh, the entire floor exploded and that little table, <laughs> that little <laughs> IT table protected Shaw. And yes. then also, did he not stop the thing? This guy's supposed to be a strategic genius. He threw a bomb into the room with the computer where he was downloading the information he needed to get Han's location. It's like, what if he would have blown up the computer? You know what I mean? Like the computer's still intact and he gets the information he needs. And it's like stuck on the screen with the information he needs somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very convenient. Uh, that's God what I damn IT know. guys. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the O'Connor household, young Jack is playing with a car on top of a package on the front porch. He's picked up by Daddy Brian, who says they're going to be late. They're headed for school again, and Mia watches as Brian puts Jack into their domesticated minivan. He's a it's it's really frightening daddy. to think about. I'm sorry, Zach. I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought, no, no, I thought no, you were no. pausing for uh, for dramatic effect. It's really no. disturbing to think about that opening shot of Jack playing on that box 
with what's about to happen. Like, like rewatching it, I was like, holy shit, that's what crazy. What could have happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nuts. Yeah, thank God they were heading to school that morning and not everybody was having breakfast. Oh, yes, everything. Uh, go on, Anthony. I'm going to say something that's a little controversial. Uh-oh. Um, So in the 80s with action movies, like especially like the cheesier ones, it was perfectly okay for, uh, you know, like the main character to like lose a child. And, you know, like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say perfectly okay. No, 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 no. Let me, let me finish. It was perfectly okay for the main character of an action movie to lose a, a child or like a wife or, or somebody. And or that, a dog. Like, or a dog. Well, I mean, yeah. But yeah, um, so I see what you're saying. Go on, sorry. And, and that, like, be the start of, like, you know, like the journey, like the, the rampage, the revenge and whatnot. Now, like, it seems like the trend is an attempt on somebody's they life. They tried. <laughs> they tried, and that's not like, and kill the kid. Like, just, just kill him. Is that going to be? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was, I don't. What movies are you referencing specifically? Because I mean, like Commando, for example. Like the kid just got Alyssa Milano just got kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. No, like. I don't know, man. Maybe it's more of the '90s. Like, I just remember seeing a lot. Like, for instance, uh, Face Off. Like, I was John just Travolta. gonna say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like it was okay to kill a wife or to kill a kid, and then that start the revenge thing. But nowadays, it, it just you, you don't see a lot of that, and I kind of miss it. Like, it, I don't know, man. Real like, steaks. Yeah, real steaks. Exactly. Sizzling steaks. I'm hungry. I think I think in the eighties though, usually the people died off screen. Like in Lethal Weapon, Riggs's uh Riggs's family is already dead by the time the movie starts and you find out later the bad guys were involved. So it's usually off screen, but they always have this haunted thing. And then you're right, in the nineties it was always the guy walking up to the house and the house blowing up and his wife Speed. and children were there. Speed. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like he's like, Now I gotta get my fucking revenge kind That's of thing, right. you know. So you're right. It is, I, dude. That would have been so dark to have the van explode, like like with a oh, man, with no, a side no. explosion from the heat, and them just watching it flip. That would have been horrific. Yeah, and kind dude, of. Ryan hilarious. doesn't. Ryan and uh, Mia don't deserve that. Let's face it, Jack. Jack's a little bit of a potato. He thinks cars can fly, and we <laughs> know that in the Fast and Furious movies, that cars can't fly. Not for another two movies, at least. That's right. <laughs> Mia sees the package and she tells Dom, uh, who has come out there, that it's for him. Oh, Dio, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I, my paragraphs got switched here. Dom comes out, guns a blazing. He looks at the package and wonders if Han is trying to convert him into a turbocharger. Mia sees the package, tells, it's for, tells Dom it's for him. Brian's getting Jack buckled in. Jack throws this- his toy. Sorry, what? Does, I does fucked that Dom, up. It doesn't matter. It's all right. The information uh, got out there. Does uh does Dom think that there's a car in the box? No. Please. I think I think he thinks that he is trying maybe he sent him parts and stuff like that. Yeah, to okay to, to kind of like soup up his American muscle car and make it a little more Japanese. Yeah. Fair enough. That that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I did like how he came out with his sleeveless uh whatever it is, coveralls. That's not you know. a good look. Not at all. 
Or Vin, him, I guess. Vin Diesel, if you notice, throughout this entire movie wears shirts that are two sizes too small because he loves showing off his muscles. You know what I That's mean? That's right. When Get Johnny Cash, uh, yeah, I was going to say, when he wrote Don't Take Your Guns to Town, I think he was predicting Vin Diesel going to the store <laughs> in a cutoff shirt. That's right. <laughs> Don't take your torque wrenches to town. Brian's getting Jack buckled in and Jack throws his toy car on the ground and Brian picks it up and says, hey, cars don't fly. I think that's a bit of for- foreshadowing on the screenwriter's part. Uh, dude, I I don't think mm-hmm. they were playing that far ahead. Come on. No? Uh, well, you know, I don't know that they're referencing. I think they're referencing something later in this movie, actually. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Dom is watching Brian, commenting on how much things have changed. Mia admits that she's noticed Brian struggling with it. She says that he told her he doesn't miss the girls or the cars. He misses the bullets. Yeah, that, that line what? Uh, that line hit me. I was like, you don't miss the girls? But you but, don't. Like, why what would does you that miss even the mean? Yeah. You miss getting shot at? I just want somebody out. to shoot at me tonight, you know? I just want to duck behind something and feel the bullets ricocheting off the bricks. Okay, so from the first twenty or for the from the first thirty minutes of this movie, I witnessed, I realized that there's really good acting, and really bad writing. Like you really. know, it's I don't know that it's almost it's even bad writing. It's like I, I know exactly what you mean, but I mean bad writing. We'll get to bad writing in a couple of movies, but like this is almost like trying to serve a bunch of masters at once. I think we're getting to the point where The Rock wants what he wants, Diesel wants what he wants, the studio wants what it wants, and here's Chris Morgan and James Wan having to make everybody fucking happy. Is my theory. Okay, maybe maybe writing is, is a bit too broad of a term. I'm talking about dialogue. Like just some of the lines are just so clunky and so bad and it's like if they were delivered in a way that was like a fraction worse than what they were actually delivered like it it would be a mess it would be terrible mm-hmm. like you know it 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 really speaks to the actors abilities to make these shitty lines and their chemistry and comfort with each other right right um you know like the the bullets thing like i literally like rolled my eyes terrible like, terrible line it's a fucking really bad like i get what they're trying to do like that i i get the sentiment they're trying to portray and and like the idea they're trying to you might have to explain it to me then (laughs) there's there's a there's some screenwriter out there with a save the cat book sitting next to them going you see it's it's to show the exposition that he's an adrenaline junkie he misses the bullets you know to them that makes total sense i love the line too where she says that the white picket fence is an anchor to him and i was like honey white picket fence is an anchor to all men okay (laughs) it's not just paul walker yeah, and then, sorry, Anthony, do you have another point to make? Yeah, the the white picket fence line like is another good example. It's like there's easier, cleaner ways to get your point across. You're trying to sound very cliche. Yeah, yeah, or maybe not even cliche. Like you're trying to sound deeper than the the actual like content. Yeah, like, like maybe they overthought overthought it a bit yeah wrote themselves into a corner 
I, I will say, though, Jordana Brewster, when she's given the chance to act, I mean, because she, she literally has nothing to do in most of these films except to fret and go, be safe, Brian. I'll be waiting for you here. Like, she is good when she can perform. You know, she really does have chops. I buy every line that she's selling, even though some of them are cheesy. You know, and I feel the but, same about Vin. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I noticed something in particular in this scene in, in about what's about to happen where I think Vin Diesel is so good at doing voiceover that he forgets to act on the surface. Like his face never moves. If you listen to his lines, there's great depth in what he's saying, but he never changes. He's and a stoic I know, man, Vito. I know that he's trying to be the stoic person, but like it almost does him a disservice. You know what I mean? Because like you can have Harrison Ford always plays sort of like a sarcastic stoic guy, but you can see the hurt in his face when he's really hurt, even though he's trying to hide it. Yeah. But, but Vin, he'll say something where it's like totally, it sounds so heartfelt, but his face never moves. And mm -hmm. it's like, did you get Botox? Or, are you <laughs> paralyzed? Did Vin Diesel have a stroke? But well, uh, hey, I still think he's great though. I do love the guy. Uh, so. Well, I wanted to ask your guy, I mean, so at this point, Mia mentions that she's having another baby, which I had forgotten about 100%. Yeah, me too. Yeah. She hasn't told Brian yet, and she's nervous that he'll be upset about it. Dom tells her that he won't be disappointed because she's the best thing to ever happen to him. And which then is I imagined it cutting to a, an office-style shot of Brian sitting in, a, in an office going, Dom's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then cutting back to her. Smiling. <laughs> Getting shot at by bad guys. The best <laughs> thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> Miss them bullets. Dom gets a phone call. It's Deckard calling from Tokyo. So we, we've caught up to the end of Tokyo Drift. Now everything is perpendicular or parallel, I guess, at this point. Uh, we very clearly see Han bleeding to death in the crashed car from the end of the third film. And I mean, terrified. He's, Terrified. Clearly terrified. Struggling to live. <laughs> no sign of Kurt Russell just yet. That's right. Shaw says that Dom doesn't know him, but he's about to. Ugh. And from that, he somehow yes. uses his NOS sense to yes. like figure out what's in the box. Well, well, hang on. No, because first he looks at his phone, and even though it says private number, his phone somehow knows it's calling from Tokyo, Japan. And you'd figure More, that he would be like, hey, Han. Or, you know? Yes, it, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's a great point. But I did think it was more kind of slightly unrealistic technology from the Fast and Furious world, which, you know, as we had brought up before, is kind of a theme to a degree. Yeah. So yeah. I'll let it slide. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, the bomb actually killed everybody? And then it's like, <laughs> and then the series is over, and you didn't have to watch the movies it's anymore. Just, it's just Jack sitting in the thing. He survives the blast, and he's just sitting there, and it shows him in there for like three days until he dies of heat exhaustion and lack of food. And then yes. it says, oh God, it says oh no. Finn in French, and then the man <laughs> steps out. He's like, "We're glad you enjoyed the Fast and the Furious series. Didn't expect it to end that way, did you? Well, that's that's my job, and it's Quentin Tarantino." Is that artsy enough for you? <laughs> no, that that would be amazing if, like, it, it, the bomb killed everybody and then Jack got stuck in the hot car in the minivan. <laughs> Mommy! <laughs> Daddy, open the door! It's hot! Good I need gosh. water! 
<laughs> and died the it, worst possible death. When cars I was don't fly, but kids die in cars <laughs> every day. It's like a it's like a public safety message from the Los Angeles community center you know but what i was originally gonna say is what would happen like it would have been great if like the bomb killed you know dom and and um brian and And then it cuts back to uh uh jason statham and he's just like crap they didn't get a chance to know me (laughs) hello (laughs) hello is there anybody on the other line shit I actually, I really actually planned for you to survive that. How? How? <laughs> That's really here, here's another thing. It's like, how would he have expected him to survive? Because it literally is sitting on the porch, and the back of the house has got like yeah. it literally. Yeah. It miraculously doesn't take out any of the neighbors' houses, which is hilarious. Yes. And it's also weird that he was able to do the exact same thing with a hockey puck in the previous scene, but now it's a large box that looks like there's an engine in it. So he's very resourceful, Vito. Why did he wait until he man. was in Tokyo? Just because they had to, to line all this on. shit up. He's, because he's they like, had to make this to story Tokyo. make sense. I'll get to Tokyo. I'll put the bomb in a package. Send it via FedEx with no one noticing. Get it on <laughs> I'll, the I'll schedule a timer on my phone. <laughs> can you imagine him before he goes to hit Han's car? He's like... Damn it, has the package been delivered? He's looking at the FedEx thing. It's like <laughs> delivered at 7... With the tracking number? Yeah, delivered at 7.16 p.m. Great! And then he takes off and hits Hans' car. It's all got, working according to my plan. I've got five minutes until the bomb explodes, so I can call him, tell him he'll get to know me. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yes, so apparently just from looking at the phone and seeing Tokyo, Japan, that alerts Dom to the fact that there is a bomb in the package, and he tell he alerts everyone just in the nick of time. Yeah, he so, yells, get down. And I'm not saying that Brian is a stupid character, but when <laughs> Dom does that, he starts dancing. Well, he has to close the minivan car to protect young Jack. I love I gotta I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I found that very touching that he that you see that he has a brief moment that he literally slams the door shut and jumps to protect his child. So much so that the force of the explosion like well, breaks the window. I, I thought I that even, was kind of touching, honestly. I don't even think he had time to to jump. I think he had time to shut the car, and then that was just the impact oh, of the, the explosion yeah. Yeah, pushing him into – yeah. See, my, 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 my dad would have run and left my the van to explode Buckle and fall up, over. <laughs> See you later, asshole. <laughs> I really do like that shot of like – Brian game kind of like thrown against the uh the glass and the glass like cracking like absolutely i I thought that was kind of a neat visual as ludicrous as the this event is it is really well shot you know just from an action movie standpoint like yeah everything felt very effective uh and then we see mia jump up and she's immediately concerned about jack you know even though he's fine of course uh but it does feel like you know as dom is kind of sitting there watching this like it's very effective, like you know that he's brought this sort of thing to the doorstep of his his family with a B, family and and, and family. quite literally, you have the symbolism of the home where they end all of the films where they always have their 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 barbecues in the back yep. is now completely smoldering. Destroyed. So it's and like also, 
Go ahead. Well, I thought it was interesting that there was clearly no neighbors. Like there aren't like people coming out to be like, oh, what happened? What's going on? An explosion? <laughs> Just you know, a completely peaceful neighborhood other than the smoking husk of a home. Stupid Toretto's. I swear <laughs> to God, it's worse than living near a Skywalker. You know, Always we really dropped the property values since the Toretto's moved in. <laughs> Always something exploding with these Toretto's. Yeah, should have stuck to racing, you bastards. I want to know who's taken over in the the racing scene now that Dom is an international spy. You know, I guess uh, ja, cousin. That's right. Yeah, Hector's the the real uh, the street hero now. That's right. Uh, well, next we see Dom at the hospital with Elena, who tells him that Hobbs shattered his collarbone and fractured his leg in two places. Keep that in mind. It's, it's, again, oh yeah, it's strange because like. His shoulder isn't covered from what I remember. It's just his arm. No, so like yeah, his it whole makes shoulder, no sense. like his they'd have like a rig on it where it like went over his head and like held his arm in place and I don't right. know. Right. It was also well, he, very awkward between uh, Dom and Elena, wasn't it? It was like that was like the well, most uncomfortable former lovers talking to one another I've ever seen. Well hold that thought. Oh sorry, See, okay. Well, she says that uh, Hobbs regained consciousness this morning, and the first thing he said was, get me Dom, which we could discuss the silliness he, or not of that. Yeah, what he was trying to say was, get me Domino's. I'm hungry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's my cheat day, woman. Get me pizza. <laughs> well, I feel like this, it is an odd line, and I mean, it makes sense, I guess, in the silliness of an action film, but I think it is kind of explained a little bit later and i don't want you to lose your thought Vito. but i just wanted to kind of oh, say wow. before uh, she shows dom uh, to hobbs room but before he goes in dom they look at each other and dom asks elena if she's okay she says she's fine but she doesn't seem to want to talk about it and she just says that hobbs, hobbs is waiting and heads into the room kind of uh, implying like you had said Vito, that she does kind of feel something for the relationship that she kind of had to give up it's, it's really funny if you play this little game. You know that that meme of of people putting spoons into shots with uh with Ryan with Gosling, Ryan Gosling, and him turning away. If you look at her, her head goes from the left to the right to the left. To the right. It looks like she's like like going no 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 like she doesn't want to eat something, and she's literally just trying to avert his gaze. But it's like almost overacted. It's kind of funny. and and not to bring. Well, I was just going to say she's a cutie. Go on, Anthony. Oh, she is. No, I was going to say she, like, and and not out of a whatever. She is quite, She's she's got incredible charisma. You know what I mean? Like, your eyes focus on her when she's in a shot, so. So, in the timeline, is she pregnant, or did she already have Dom's baby? Yeah. That's a great dead gum question. It's like Forrest Gump. Both is happening at the same time. Be because if if she's currently pregnant and that falls, no, she'd have to have had the kid already. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Go on. So she had say, the kid during the fall. <laughs> came right out. Yeah, and my water broke. <laughs> that kid's probably not going to be okay. Just. Saying, well, I mean, Mom, what knows? happened to me when I was a baby? You were born a little <laughs> early <laughs> because I jumped out of a window and fell six stories, landed on a van, and a man whose meaty back kept me alive but somehow projected you out and onto the hood of the van. And you sound just <laughs> like your dad. So Hobbs is in his room and he's wearing a cast on his leg, which checks out, and one on his arm, which, as Vito mentioned, is not his collarbone. So that's a inconsistency that doesn't quite 
work, but well, I, 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 I had a friend in junior high who broke his collar home. You don't wear a cast. You wear a fucking sling. Yeah, it's like a big sling that goes around your neck, and there's all kinds of like – so you can't – because, I mean, you literally have to keep it from moving. He's also in the right. ICU, which is like the critical – which usually right. means that the person's in a coma. He's sitting up. He's eating jello. He's like watching the Incredible yes. Hulk on television. Like, that's not the ICU. He should have been moved. You. Yeah. That's yes. critical care. Elena hands – yes, Sorry. intensive critical care. Yeah. Elena hands Hobbs some files. Dom comments that Hobbs risks his life and only gets Jello and bad seventies television in exchange for it. And, and like that upset uh, me the Incredible Hulk was a fine television show for it. That period. was Lou Ferrigno, right? Yes, yeah. it was. That, and as we know, James. Won, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, we, it's one of another one of James Wan's Incredible Hulk references. I also found it almost an insult to Lou Ferrigno. That, that Diesel was like, I got a better body than Bulk. You know what I mean? Because it cuts to a shot of him flexing on camera right after mm. that, you know? this They should just call this Swing and Dicks 7 at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> Vin Diesel dicks are about to hit the fan. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if he has a requirement where everyone who joins the cast that's male has to have their balls removed before they're able to shoot. So he's the fucking most, you know... No, he just, they just don't get as many back-end points. Right. <laughs> I, I wonder if this is the same year that The Rock dressed up as the Hulk for Halloween. Did you guys see that picture? Like, he was pretty popular around the internet. Yeah, like, oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. I'll see if I can look that up while we're talking. Yeah. 2015, baby. Well, Hobbs Mince... Hey, here's a quick question for you. Do you think that... The Rock knows what Hobbs' first name is. Like, like, does Dwayne Johnson? If you asked J Dwayne Johnson what Hobbs' first name is, do you think he would know the answer? It's I, Shaw. I, it's just <laughs> Shaw. That's right. No, but to be fair, I don't either. So. It's Luke. Luke Hobbs, as fans of the podcast will recall. Hobbs mentions sponge baths, and then it's revealed that his daughter is in the room with him. Creepy. Hobbs, yeah. Hobbs introduces Dom to her as an old friend, and the girl tells Dom that her dad said he kicked Dom's ass once. Hobbs, after referencing sponge baths in front of her, tells his unnamed daughter to watch her mouth. Yeah, the daughter doesn't get a freaking name either. Dom, yeah. here's my daughter, Samantha. Very easy. Yeah, it's very weird. And then, and then of course, you still get more swinging dicks when he's like, my dad kicked your ass, and he's like, I think your dad's on some heavy pain medication. <laughs> and he right. doesn't understand. Even though it's I sound history, like I'm the one. Little... Yeah. Even though I'm the one on the heavy pain medication because I sound like Elena's baby. <laughs> now, but, if uh... it wasn't if it wasn't that we knew that the friction between the two, I do like the sort of jousting, I guess, sparring uh, between the two characters. You could almost say it's swinging dicks, hitting each other like swords. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Go on. No, you, you guys are uh, are talking shit during this part, but I I really liked it. I I thought that it was the best interaction that these two characters have had. It's not bad. And, and I mean, it seems yeah. like maybe this is kind of before like all the bad blood went down. Um, but it seems like they're uh, they're really like vibing off of each other. Well, they did really. agree to be in the same room together, so I guess that's a good sign. 
that's supposedly. True. We have to go back and look and see if the <laughs> were they were they shot. in frame together. That's the yeah. question. Yeah. But there is there is like a begrudging respect between them, and you can kind the of feel that yeah. between the characters. By the way, the Hulk, uh, the the Rock dressed up as the Hulk uh, in 2012, so it was three years previous. Okay, so it might have been a little big. Mm. Now, I, I I really like this scene. I, I think the humor was was. Um, it, it, it wasn't fit. too much. It fit. Um, it seemed like they genuinely like liked each other. The characters. I mean, they're supposed to. Like they've kind of, you know, been through some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the acting was really well done. Um, aside from there was one line and I can't remember what it is, but it was very. Well, maybe I'll jog your memory. But yeah, maybe. Which one? Uh, it, it just, it felt like, you know, you mentioned that The Rock has his own writers. It seemed like a line that came from Oh, to- absolutely, dude. No, I think I know exactly what you mean. Well, <clears throat> Hobbs tells his daughter to go get something to eat with Elena while the men talk. And with the ladies out of the room, he didn't really say that. With the ladies out of the room, Dom asks Hobbs, who did this to you? <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs says, <laughs> I, li- "I like when I get veto every now and then." Was, I wish those of you listening to this podcast could have seen Zach's face when he did that. It was even better. That was hilarious. Oh, oh man! Whew. Sorry. Please continue. Uh, well, Hobbs says it's the big bad brother of Owen Shaw, the guy they tore down half of London to get. And this is interesting. Well, go on. Oh, I, I love the fact that they have to point that out for the people who may not have seen the previous films. Remember oh, I when we it. tore down half of London in order to catch him? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like just a little bit, like not too much, just a little bit. Don't forget this, you know, from two movies ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, you're right. And Hobbs gives Dom the file Alina brought and he opens it up. It's a file on Deckard, and it's very clearly, it says, known relatives, one brother, Owen Shaw, no sister, no mother. Again, I know who's to say what they knew at that point, but I just like to point it out. They, he, he does say in a couple of seconds that, that he literally goes off the radar and nobody knows anything. So he may not have, that may have not been, you know, who Public knows who knowledge. James, do we know James Bond's brother in the movies? Is it my brother used to slap me around? You know, when we were children, like he never mentions family. So but maybe just, in his professional circles, no one knows. I will I will accept that. I, I mean, it's bullshit because it's the government. You know, they know. And everything. also, I mean, we won't get into details, but their other unnamed rel- mentioned relatives so far are supposed to be like international fucking criminal masterminds. But that's that either here true. or there. Um, uh, I, I wanted to point something out about the file. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. Yeah, I've got it all written obvious- down here. Oh, you do? You have SAS and all that stuff, special. I, I do, but, but go oh, ahead. Cool. No, please. Go go for it. Well, it just says uh, it says that he was born a, approximately 1970, United Kingdom un, slash unknown. Uh, and his service record is special boat service from 1990 to 1999 as lieutenant, or as the British say, lieutenant. Special Air Force from 2000 to 2008 as a major and then 2008 uh, to present, whereabouts unknown, presumed deceased. Why would he? Why would they assume he's dead? I guess. Well, it's just what you say. After well, it is presumed deceased after the 20 man kill team didn't, <laughs> didn't right. do their job correctly. The file hasn't been updated. He, he they know escaped, he's alive. He escaped the hit and then tripped over a rock, hit his head, and drowned in the pool. 
next door to the house on the way of his escape. Mm-hmm. He, he must have died. I mean, we haven't heard from him in eight years. Put it, put it as dead in the file. I know that's an Australian accent. That's okay. No, no, I, I thought it was a bit of a Nigel Tufnell sort of. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, Hobbs says he's a British special forces assassin and a unique asset that no government would admit to employing. So very dangerous. Hobbs goes on vaguely about how they created a monster and they felt that Shaw was a necessary evil until they changed their minds. So, I mean, they I, I just... always do that in movies. It's like they train this guy to be the best and then they're like, maybe we should kill him now. <laughs> That's right. He's too best. Yeah. He's more best than we planned. I thought Isn't you that said... the plot of like every single Jason Bourne movie? Yeah. Yeah. Sir, I thought you said Robbie was supposed to be the best. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we should kill Shaw. Get a 20-man right. kill unit and send him to his pad. Oh, he's playing by his own rules now. We didn't see this coming. <laughs> um, I told you not to kill that man, and you did. He had it coming. Oh, yes. Give like me you a just, kill unit. Well, just like you said, six years previously. So it's 2015 now, so this... Well, 2008, I guess that does line up. Six years previously, British intelligence sent in uh, 20 armed men to take Shaw out, but they failed because nothing really matters at the end of the day when it comes to the Fast and Furious narrative. Uh, Dom asks, how does he find him? And Hobbs says, officially, you don't. And this kind of explained for me why he would have said, get me Dom versus get me another person I've worked with for you know 10 years. Uh, because Dom says that Shaw killed Han Almost killed his family. Hobbs says uh, that Shaw also tried to bring put him in a body bag, and that when he recovers, he's going to put a, haw, a hurt on Shaw so bad he'd wish his mother had kept her legs closed. That's the line. That is sort of yes, because look again. I love The Rock. I've loved The Rock since he was uh, in the WWF, but I feel like. If it's his writer or just his sense of humor, it's like this tinge of kind of like sort of cringy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I it, doesn't it, it, it doesn't fit with sexist. the. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit with the scene. It, it comes off just really like crass and like unnecessary. Crass, yes. Yeah. And look, like I'm, I'm not a prude. Like I, I love, <laughs> you know, extreme humor and whatnot. Um, but it just comes out of left field. Like, because it almost puts, like you said, like a, a kind of the sexist thing, like it puts this weird onus on his mom. Like, yeah. God, well, she shouldn't have gotten knocked up. Well, the irony is that his mom, as we may find That's out later, right. is right. played by Helen Mirren, who did have a bit of a legs open uh, hey, problem oh. in the 70s, from oh, what I've heard. God. So uh, it's kind well, of we'll maybe have that's an ironic joke. Yeah, I know. We'll have she'll, her on as she'll a be guest. like, I was going to come on your show, and then I heard you talk about me fucking every actor in Britain in the 70s. Oh, God, it's true, the air. but fuck you. So, so yeah, like I said, he's uh, Hobbs is kind of saying, officially, you can't go uh, after this guy, but brother to brother, he thinks Dom should go find that some bitch. Yeah, and here's this is the weirdest thing about that character we talked about the, the, this in the past about about his, hobbs you mean about hobbs his name is luke hobbs which sounds like he should have been played by like kevin costner yeah from nebraska and, and he's this fucking like nine foot tall meat backed samoan <laughs> mm-hmm. who and, and he but he still talks like he's from the south i mean that how line... many people do you know say go get that some bitch 
again, it's more reminiscent of his rock character than the character that might than Luke Hobbs. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, oh, I got to get like my my jokey kind of funny line in when do you really, Dwayne? No. It kind of it strikes me as like if if it was played by Jackie Gleason as Smokey, go out there. I want you to go out there, you little turk turd, and get that some bitch. You hear me? <laughs> sure. Like yeah. That, the line doesn't fit him at all. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it also would have made sorry, Anthony, but it would have made more sense with him going. He gonna wish his mama kept her legs closed. Like that sounds more like a racist Southern oh, cop than it right. does a Samoan meatbacked. Nine foot tall football playing, you know, haka dancing <clears throat> fucking DSS agent. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible tonal shift. Um, it feels like you had two different writers with two different goals and just mashed a scene together. The the Rock brought so much extra money to this franchise. Uh, you know, when he first started, I think that they were willing to let him do. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and I don't want to just sit here and rip on the rock or anything. Because again, I, I am a fan, but I sometimes wonder what his sense of humor uh, temperature is or indicator or whatever. Because I don't know, man. Like, I don't think he's he's charming. I wouldn't say he's necessarily funny. Yeah, Here, that's controversial. Here's a weird question, though. Well, here's the controversial question because when when they did air their beef, I think it was with the eighth movie, right? Like people people automatically assume that the rock was the good guy in this situation because they were like the rock. Everybody loves the rock. Like it's gotta be Vin Diesel. But if you notice all of the other actors in the franchise, all backed Vin Diesel and not the rock. So it does make you wonder if he showed up and he was like, I'm the, I'm in charge. Now I'm the one who revitalized this franchise. I'm the one people are coming to see. And that might've brought up, I, I could understand if you were Vin Diesel, you're the star of six movies, five movies, suddenly somebody else shows up. It would be like having a TV show where like the side character takes over, like Kramer takes over Seinfeld and it becomes the Kramer show. You know, you're like, that's not why people are watching. So yeah, I, I would even argue. And I mean, we're, we're in the early stages of this movie. So, I mean, I, I really, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm going on a limb here. Um, but I have seen the eighth movie. Um, so his first, The Rock's first appearance was in five, correct? Mm-hmm. He was more of an antagonist and not like a main character. And I would say in the sixth one, I, he's still not a main character. The story is. He's not part of the ensemble, you're saying. Right, right. So in this one, it seems like they're setting up for him to be more kind of front and center i wonder and, if they're setting up his own movie though um, in a way definitely definitely in the next one for sure but i remember in the next one like so much of the plot was like kind of focused on him and especially like even like you know spoilers like they kind of detour and to like you know is dom evil and whatnot and i remember like seeing the movie and then hearing about the the feud and like how they weren't sharing scenes because a lot of that movie kind of like shifts to the rock and Jason Statham and like almost like all the other characters are kind of ancillary and just not important and vital. Um, but yeah. Um, well, I think as we'll get to like at the, there were a lot of problems that the production of this film and other events added to where the series would go eventually. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. No, well, it but- is- Oh, it, it, sorry. 
it just seems like, uh, you know, very plausible that Dwayne Johnson would kind of push himself into being like, oh, I want to be, you know, part of the team. I want to be the leader of the team. Like, I want to, you know, kind of be the center of everything. Yeah, like, it just... Well, it's, it's such an ensemble film. I mean, like to come in and kind of be like, well, I'll be taking it. It's like, this is a film where like, I mean, sure. Dom's character has been there for, since the beginning. And Brian, of course, like they're going to take precedent, but I think it's just like, let's, I mean, in a perfect world. Right. But like, let's all work together just to make this a good fucking story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I see that in the earlier movies for sure. Um, it, uh, it's too early to say for this one. Uh, but definitely, uh, my memory of the eighth movie is basically like, you know, The Rock and Vin Diesel fighting for who is the main character of the series. And I'm, I'm interested to see, like, how this one plays out. And, you know, because I, I don't know. It's it's very I, different. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I think, very, I think you have a very point, sick though, and tired. <laughs> No, because if you if you really think about it, um, if you look at it, Chris Morgan, who'd been writing the film since the third film, left and went with the Hobbs and Shaw franchise instead of right. staying with Fast. Neil Moritz, who produced all of the Fast and the Furious movies, left to go do Hobbs and Shaw. So it might be that behind the scenes, those guys conspired to make Hobbs the lead. Maybe Vin Diesel saw that, called it out. It caused a beef. And then they were like, fuck you, we're going to go play in our own universe and create Superman in our movies. And went off and did Hobbs and Shaw. And that's why the quality of like nine might not be the greatest is because the original producer, writer, and some of the stars left. And it took away that chemistry. Yeah, yeah I'm, basically, I, I guess what I'm trying to, to say is, is what Vito just said about like how like it seems like the seeds are being planted for the rock to kind of surpass and become the focus of this movie. And again, I don't know how it plays out because I haven't seen the rest of this movie aside from the 30 minutes, but definitely in the eighth movie, like it's, it's there. It's very apparent. It's very abundant. Um, Let's find out. Sure. Finish your point. I just, I just, I think we'll, we'll have so much time to talk about eight, nine, you know, I think, but but please finish your point. I just hate him so much. I know, I know. It, it's I don't know. Like it's just it, it, that scene gave me a weird feeling because like it was good until that fucking line, and that line feels like such like a almost like a power grab. Maybe I'm I, just I, being crazy. No, no, it, I, I don't. I I totally agree with you. Actually, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like The Rock, like being like you know up until that point playing into that ensemble because those movies are very ensemble. It's very, you know, like a team, you know, well, but not only where, where everybody kind of has their moments and everybody kind of has their, their part to play in it. And this seems to like be playing into that scene where, you know, it's two characters interacting, they have history. And then there's just this weird out of left field line where it's almost like, the rock kind of like winking into the camera being like, look how clever I am. I get to say something that's kind of edge Lord and, you know, funny. Oh, my, my fans are going to expect it. They want the quippy lines. Right. Right. And I don't but see, know that like, that's not only were to the point. It's odd. Not only that they changed the script or added it in, but that the rock would give a shit. 
you know, like yeah. why? Because that's the way that I sort of feel like the Rampage skyscraper, like those entire scripts have that feel to me. Yeah. And that's what just kind of doesn't appeal to me about the, the Rock's movies. No, he's, like, he's breaking and acting an, uh, like something that a lot of superstars do. Like I heard that Steve McQueen and Clint Eastwood go through their scripts and they cut dialogue from themselves or they give lines that they think are really good lines to the side people so that they can react off of it, you know? And for some reason it makes them seem more iconic in their own movies. And yeah. the rock seems like the guy who's like, Oh, that line that Natalie Emmanuel had, I want that line. Oh, but and think it's about like that. He's taking lines instead of giving them. But think about the guys you just mentioned, like Steve McQueen and, and Clint Eastwood, how serious they are and like kind of about that, what makes them cool. Again, I like the fucking rock, but like, wouldn't he be a lot cooler if he didn't have, you can have humor in it, but you don't have to be the right. quipster necessarily. Yeah. Right. And, and Zach, I'm sorry for being hung up on this. I'm no, sorry no, go for ahead. referencing future films, but like, <laughs> I know I, I'm such a dick. I, I, I feel, I feel like we, we have to pay attention. We kind of have to, pay this a little attention mm -hmm. because i mean this is kind of like a like where the the franchise kind of diverges into a completely mm -hmm. different path You're right this and is I, it's the variant I, man it's like the marvel variant yeah. moment and and i like it feels like this line in particular like no other line before like even the weird like uh you know line in the sixth one that he says to uh gina carano or whatever like the one that we were arguing, like we couldn't figure out because the subtitles were uh, oh yeah saying the something else. Like, woman, you know, blah blah blah, woman. Yeah, yeah. like that, that was an odd line, <laughs> but like it didn't like derail the scene. Can I can I really but, quickly say I, what I think the difference might be is in that one, the the Rock kind of wanted to say some sort of line like that, and maybe Chris Morgan wrote that for him, and then okay. now at this point he has the power that he can bring in his own writer. I'm speculating, of course, but maybe, right, right. maybe something like that. No, the, the thing is like, and, and I'm sorry, I'm really interested in this, this shit because, mm -hmm. you know, even as not a fan, even as somebody who never had any engagement with these movies at all, like the fact that there was some, like so much like behind the scenes drama between Vin Diesel and The Rock was public knowledge, even to someone who doesn't give a shit about these movies or didn't give a shit about these movies like me. And so like, it, it's, it's really interesting to kind of like try and like pinpoint like where it started, like, you know, kind of like where the movies like it just, I, I think that the power struggle is really interesting and like, I, I kind of want to explore it. And it feels like this scene in particular really kind of like puts a stamp on it because that this does not feel like a Chris Morgan line. It doesn't. No, it feels it, like a rocks rider line. It feels like a Vince Russo line to be honest. Yeah. Because the guy that was writing the rocks lines uh, for him in WWF is now his screenwriter. Like he's really? the guy that wrote skyscraper and rampage and is writing the upcoming black Adam movie, which I was really excited that, about ooh. until I heard that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Th that makes so much fucking sense. Like I was under the impression that kind of like, Vince Russo like kind of kickstarted like this like kind of uh, version of The Rock that is he tries to take credit for it. But. Yeah, well, even The Rock has given him a little bit of credit mm -hmm. for it, like early on. Um, but like, yeah, it, it just it came out of left field. It feels like a weird power grab. It, it feels like I'm gonna take this scene that is very much about two people, and I'm gonna add in this one line 
that completely just derails everything. And I'm going to take the spotlight away because it and tickles him it, because yeah. And I, I, I don't know, like, I'm sorry to harp on this, but like, no, it just, this is totally, this is good, Anthony. I love it. Bring it on. Okay. Well, no, uh, the, I think, I think what you're seeing, what, what I, I have a theory about movies and about movie logic, right? The reason why star Wars works in all of its films is because we all know that a beam of light can't come out of a, cylinder and stop at a certain light always keeps going but for some reason the movie sells you on its logic and because it sticks to that logic through all of the movies and all of the series and stuff you buy it every single one yeah and 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 here but here's the thing you know in a movie you can you can be watching a film for example i always say this like if it the act one is a act b is c and then suddenly it goes to r and you're like that something subliminal in the viewer's mind is like that doesn't make sense why that happened. And you always yeah. find out there were like 10 writers arguing about how it was going to end. And it's like it should. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Mamet, David Mamet, who said a screen screenplay should always go to the logical conclusion. It should always end exactly where you think it should end, but it should get you there in a weird way. And With in a lot scene, of uh, motherfuckers. Yes. Along the way. But no, but I mean, that that makes sense, right? Because you watch sure. a film like Pulp Fiction and at the end of the film, it ends the way exactly the way it should. But you didn't know how it was going to get there. And in this scene, well, it's about these two men who have shared battles together and they're and it's about them respecting one another. And then there's that line that gets thrown in there where he's like, but I'm the bigger guy but, and I'm well, the no, better but, guy. But the and line that's what derails the scene the line breaks the tone of the scene, basically what you just said, but like, it's all a tonal thing. And then that line is just like throwing a wrench into the tone and it doesn't derail the film, but it is definitely a good place to sort of pinpoint and say like, Oh, this is where perhaps it it may not derail the film, but it certainly derailed a friendship. And it, and it, it derailed the scene, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And up until this point, like I, I've been saying, you know, like the dialogue is bad. The dialogue isn't working for me, but the acting is really well done and whatnot. Like this is on a completely whole different level of like this dialogue is shit. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, there's a difference between, you know, something that like just doesn't, it, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of that, uh, to go back to star Wars, that thing that, um, uh, Harrison Ford famously said, like, George, you can write this, but you can't say it. Mm -hmm. Like it, you know, up until that point, like the, the scenes that or the dialogue that didn't work for me is like, look, I see where they're, they're going with this. It just was kind of clunky and and poorly, you know, kind of worded. But this one is just like a complete, like different, like the other stuff wasn't making your roll your eyes. Right. Well, even it, it might have, but this <laughs> or it wasn't like, like cringy, I guess. Like, yeah, there's just a difference. Yeah, Why do like, I get a feeling this is going to lead to an article from the Mary Sue saying the rock has a problem with women and we need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, maybe he does. <laughs> like, no, if, if you when you pointed that out, I thought about like how he treats all of the women in in these movies in particular. Well, even and he's as always he... go. If I if I said to someone that I work with, hand me that paper, woman, yeah. I'd be out yeah. of a job. Well, even so, the like, way he when... talks to his daughter. Like yeah, when he's weird, sitting there talking right? about like, oh yeah, the sponge baths are great. I'm getting whacked off every day. Oh, but daughter, don't say ass. Right, right. I, twice. Watch your mouth. 
That's really twice. creepy. Man, now I'm now I'm really creeped out by this and by The Rock. <laughs> and uh, I'll never see his films the same way again. Thanks, guys. Well, <laughs> I'm just you'll kidding. Watching, I'm totally you'll kidding. be watching them with, the, with us. The Rock uh, has a has a female problem, and it's time we talked about it by Sue Rendon. It's coming. Let me, it's let coming, me know guys. when I can I can move on. I'm not so that sorry. I have Please to. Go. Not that I have to. Zach, you moved sure on a long time ago. Go ahead. <laughs> Mentally. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the Dominican Republic, the DR, Mia is at a huge mansion, and she's walking in the garden with we can assume the owner of the of the mansion. She thanks the man for letting her and Brian and Jack stay there, and we find out that this is the guy who got Dom the giant safe for the Rio bank job back in fast five. Kind of cool. And you're like, how does he know this man? And are they related? And well, all he of was, those remember, questions are thrown out the window. Remember when him and, uh, in Los Bandoleros, they were the yeah. Kings of the fucking DR with their yeah, that's true. gasoline yeah. ring. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I, I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but there's this weird line, like not weird, like the line where, you know, previously kind Talking of hung up it, on yeah. um but there's a weird line where like basically he's like if they attack us they attack the t- the entire country like he's what? somehow involved with the government maybe and it's still not gonna stop hobbs come on yeah. guys but or shaw I, I don't know. yeah shaw that, yeah sorry that raises so many questions like what is it about Dom that just like has everybody like in the entire like Dominican Republic? Like, Everyone is impressed. Back, with... <laughs> Everyone Dom. is impressed with his racing. Dom, you don't understand Dominican Republic. We family. All he of drives us. a mean stick. Yeah, that's what they like. Well, Dude, me I, it... I, go on. I I gotta share this really shitty joke that uh, my cousin told me. Um... <laughs> What's what's Dom's favorite restaurant? Uh, it's got to be the Olive Garden. Olive right? Garden. Yep, because they're family. Yes. I, I feel will... I've been on so many uh, Facebook groups for Fast and Furious. I feel like that's the only reason I've seen that. Plus, yeah. they give you don't eat the breadsticks. It's how I keep my arms in shape. <laughs> give them to me. I love I love the fact that that every time we've ever tried to do a Vin Diesel impersonation, it's a, just it alone. Does, I was gonna say it doesn't sound like him, and B, it's always completely different. Sometimes he sounds <laughs> like right. a drunken Peter Falk. Sometimes <laughs> it sounds like Sylvester Stallone. Sometimes right. it sounds like I have to cough, but it's never the same ever. That's ever. Right. That's right. Mia's carrying Jack, who frankly is getting a bit too big to be carried around. It's unclear who exactly this guy is, like we said, or how Dom knows him, but there are armed guards at the mansion as well. Dom calls, and Mia tells him that she and Brian have made it safely to Mondo's. She says Brian is in full FBI mode and even built a surveillance hub in Mondo's garage. So he's I thought it was Mando. To work. Is it Mando? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Another Star Wars tribute. We got Han and now Mando. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Even though that show wasn't around, so never mind. But Boba Fett was a Mandalorian, so I guess not completely Thank outside you. the Thank you possible. for making me look like I knew what I was talking about there. I appreciate well, it. No problem. Good they, save. They, they retconned him being a Mandalorian, actually. I was sure. wrong, okay? But Can the, we but, move but on? The Mandalorians, as a, his, the, his armor was Mandalorian armor. That's to be fair, yes. my idiot brain thought Lando for a second, which is why I started oh. to say it. But then it was too late, and I kept going and said Mando. <laughs> I gotta finish confused, this sentence. I you gotta roll with it sometimes. That's you know right. What I mean? Just go so. with it. 
Dom tells her that the people that are after them will have something to do. Uh, Dom tells her that the people that are after them have something to do with London. And Mia tells Dom that she still hasn't told Brian that she's pregnant again. She says she can't tell him because if she does, Brian won't want to go risk his life to help Dom kill Deckard Shaw. I feel like this is part of like where they were having to deal with the fact that, hey, Paul Walker's not going to be around after this film. And uh, especially the scene after this, they're kind of doing these gymnastics to indicate that this is the last job they'll be on. Yeah, it's like literally his final ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird, too, because I don't know. I remember when, when The Crow came out, you could kind of pick. They told you all the spots where... Brandon Lee had been replaced and stuff. In this one, you don't really know. They never really revealed where it was. So, but I mean, it's apparently been rewritten to show that he has passed, right? Because there are there are lines in this. Obviously, they thought he was going to be around for eight when they were shooting it. So the this this has to be a reshoot. So it makes me wonder if like if Brian's actually in or Paul Walker's in the scene or if that's a double, you know I mean? You, it gets really, no, confusing. no. Well, we'll, we'll get to it, but I do think the scene coming mm. up is uh, Cody Walker uh, from behind. Uh, but Dom says he'll meet Brian in LA in two days. He's got to go to Tokyo first and bring Han home. Uh, Mia fine brings up something, which we'll talk oh, about. In the funeral tons, scene. But um, I, do, questions. I do want to say, oh, we'll go ahead and then I'm going to bring it. I just wanted to point out that, uh, this scene also has really good work from Paul Walker and and Jordana Brewster. Like their their chemistry is great, and they they're totally believable in this yes. scene. But go I'll ahead. Just, I'll just set it up here. Then Mia finds Brian in Mondo, Mondo's garage. Mondo Mando, watching news footage about the explosion at the diplomatic security service where Hobbs works, and uh, Mia tells Brian that he needs to help Dom stop these people from hurting their family, and that she believes in him and they love each other. Uh, and there's a scene here, or there's a line here where it's showing Mia in the back of Brian's head. And she tells Brian to promise her that after this, they're done. And, uh, I feel because like when they show Brian again, he just kind of says he won't let her down. I feel like maybe she originally said something like, you know, go get the bastards or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He killed Han. Damn it. Get him. Yeah. yeah. I, I noticed that during the scene, there was a lot of like behind the shoulder shots. Yes. Um, a lot and i figured it had something to do with you know the fact that like uh vito i believe mentioned that um jordana brewster and paul walker didn't have any scenes together because there's this oh no well, she clearly kisses him well okay no that, that, must that is right I, I i'd completely forgotten about that imdb does say that uh that they weren't able to shoot because she was working on dallas at mm-hmm. the time and dallas's schedule didn't allow her to shoot till the very end of the shoot. So she came in after he had died. Holy yeah. crap. Thank you for pointing that out, Anthony. Well, I, I, I had totally that. forgotten that. So like, yeah, that's, that's what you said last episode. Cody Walker. Cause yeah. there's this one scene and maybe I'll do like a screenshot of it. If you know, like I, I have time, but there's this one scene where it's clearly like a split screen situation where like it shows both of their faces together. Like, and it, there's just something off about the way that it's shot. So it seems like they were trying to splice something together to make it appear that they were both. The kiss the could have scene. been. Well, I was going to say the yep. kiss could have been from a, an outtake, something from a previous film, even who knows. Could have been, but everything else is behind the shoulder. Like it, it seems like they kind of spliced it or, or, you know, as 
us editors refer to it, well, then, Frankensteined it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering like how noticeable stuff like that would be in this movie because everybody said like it was pretty seamless what they did with Paul Walker and everything like that. I mean, I think even, even looking for it, it still is. I mean, you know, like it was even more the, the line of dialogue that she said more than the editing that kind of clued me in. Yeah. Because it's such a, like, I want you to go risk your life to, to, you know, stop this guy, but then you're done. But then that's it. No matter how many more sequels, you know, you're staying home. Yeah. And who's to say like other bad guys aren't going to come for the family. Like, I don't know. Yes, the family. The family. Yeah. We're, but, we're with. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, like there is this one scene where it looks like there's some kind of digital, like, just tampering. I didn't notice that. I'll go back and look, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, I know they did some CGI to Cody, but I mean, I. She. They clearly kiss each other. So, who knows? I, I'm gonna have to go now. After we finish this, I'm sure there's something online you know, the comparisons of like, this is what they shot versus what it was, but I don't want it to spoil it. Cause I mm -hmm. actually, I like to watch all of that stuff after I watch the film, which doesn't give us a lot to talk about sometimes right. during the right and write a note for yourself. And in two months you can watch it. You can find yeah, out. Exactly. I can't, but I'm, I'm ashamed. It's been so long since we recorded the last episode, the thing that I forgot that they didn't record. My short-term memory is terrible. <laughs> I must have fallen six stories from a building. That's and right, you, blew, a you got blown out of a government building. Yeah. Well, we're we're whisked away to Tokyo, where we get a, a music cue from the Tokyo Drift soundtrack uh, soundtrack that I really liked. Actually, yeah, yeah it's good. That terrible song. It's not, it's not terrible, but it's just very you know '90s or or whatever. Uh, the the weekday song. I've got surprise news for you, Zach. The singer of that song is popping in on the podcast <laughs> right now. For <laughs> oh god. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I loved your music. Uh, and then we go to the end scene of Tokyo Drift with Dom asking to race Sean. We don't get to see the race, unfortunately. We go directly to after the race where it's implied that Dom won. And apparently the race aged Sean 10 years. Holy I, shit, dude, this is bad. <laughs> that is hilarious because I wrote that exact same joke. I said, I said he looks 10 years older and drifting must take its toll. <laughs> That's yeah. right. No, racing Dom specifically. <laughs> It was, oh, my race, guys. it was a long ass race. I was I was 17 when I raced mm -hmm. Dom, and now I'm 58. And that was two hours ago. Yeah, Man, I had was, a dad gum full head of hair when we started. It was very noticeable. Holy shit, it was noticeable. It's super noticeable. Yeah. yeah. But it's almost as if they took 10 years in between those movies. You know, you know what? I and I said it during Tokyo Drift. I despite his goofball politics. I think Lucas Black is really good in the in the in the movie. He's a good actor. Did mm -hmm. you guys notice though too that uh, that means that uh, Dom Toretto is the new Drift King? Holy shit! That's a continuity error. Yeah, yeah he's, that he's I now the Drift on. King. Immediately after the kid won and became the Drift King, he lost it to Dominic. Maybe it was Toretto. a non non championship match. Yeah, there's no belt or anything like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. so they don't. Uh, the Drift but, King is dead. Long live the Drift King. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He also has that that throwaway line where you're like, whoever said American muzzle couldn't drift? And I'm like, people Physics? who race cars, you can't drift in a fucking yeah, yeah. car and, that doesn't have automatic steering. And Tokyo Drift specifically called that point out, didn't it? Like, I believe they said in that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that that again, it's more. I'm going to just call it SD, so it's not as offensive to people. It's more swing and dick. It's more SD. That that Dom had to win that race. He couldn't let the other guy win and prove that he's the drift king. He had to win because he's Dominic fucking Toretto. Yeah, yeah. So funny, but I did like. So I guess. I correct my earlier statement. Now we're caught up. Now everything is caught up to where <laughs> uh, the is current it? timeline. Yeah, I know. Sean says that Han never talked about his past. He left it in his rear view. Little car metaphor there. But he found a couple of things at the crash site. Sean hands Dom a picture of Giselle. Dom says her name out loud, which means it said more in this movie than in the movie she was introduced. <laughs> Sean says there's one more thing. He also found Dom's lucky cross necklace. Sean says it must have meant something special to Han since it was laying next to him where Deckard had unceremoniously tossed it. Well, it was laying next to who? Because I did you notice they, they do have the line? They have the line where he goes, There wasn't there wasn't much left, you know, after the the wreckage, like whatever, including his body, apparently, even though that's why Did they Dom, say that? No, no, but I mean Oh yeah. yeah as we right, know right, from right, later right. films, it's like they didn't bury Han, right? Unless this is oh. a prestige thing where he's creating clones of himself and like oh, getting bro. killed all around the world. I mean, so this like, is even worse than the Letty thing. No, this is this is the thing. It's like it's like he literally says, "I'm going to Tokyo to, to bring up Han's home. body." Yeah, I'm I'm going there to bring his body home. So it's like, what is he bringing? So Mister Nobody put some innocent person in the. Well, anyway, we'll get into that <laughs> later. But it's, it's a like, whole freaking thing. There's, there's clearly no body. The car burned to whatever, and all they found was a picture which didn't burn for well, some reason, <laughs> and a necklace which uh, is perfectly non-sooty. It, well, it's a very tough neck. I mean, whatever it's made of is practically indestructible. Maybe uh, that's the secret to Dom's power, because it is hanging in his dad's w- in in his car. Right. In it's in his, nine, uh, it's we, made out of adamantium. It's yeah, and some sort of like infinity stone shit yes it's a it's it's a hybrid of adamantium and mithril i love it figure that out sean asks dom what he's gonna do to the guy who killed han who is definitely dead dom says words haven't been invented yet i like i like to take that out of context and just have dom's words haven't been invented he says he says ain't which is even better oh it's more streetwise but i i love that line to me that was one of those lines i was like that's a chris morgan line yeah it's ain't even been invented yet it's kind of dumb but it's cool enough that you're like that's cool you know did you see what he did to that shaw guy he maximabulated him (laughs) what they're making up words the words ain't been invented yet that's right he completely flambizzled that dude and took away his gonorrhea he bamboozled him <laughs> now, I to me this is I like a line by the way that's a great word <laughs> sorry go ahead to me it's another example of a line that's like really bad and just like really clunky but the way that Vin Diesel again delivers it like it's it adds like this weird credibility to where I'm like all right I can go with it you know yeah mm-hmm. I, I I really like this scene I mean, there's there's lines that you can get away with in like a silly action movie one liner, you know, uh, showdown in Little Tokyo kind of thing. And then there's lines where you can tell it's trying to be that, but they don't understand the tone of how to. I don't want to act like I'm some fucking like genius fucking writer, but I know a good line and I hear one. And you're right. This is one of them. Yeah. 
So they have a very nice service and burial for Han, presumably at the same cemetery where they buried Letty, that doesn't actually require a body for the funeral. It's like a criminal. It's like a criminal place where they're like, yeah. just bring something in. You can bring in a midget's body. You can bring in a giraffe. We'll chop it up. We'll <laughs> oh, put a it in bag there of money. Like there's yeah. a body, and then we'll lower it in the casket, and everybody's uh, copacetic. You know, bada bada like there's a body there. I don't yeah. know why Joe Pesci works. <laughs> just bring me the fucking body. Bury it. That's right. I mean, yes. I, there's again. We'll who's, get the fucking nine. But like, here, at this body is in the casket. I did read something. This is a true story. In New York, back in the seventies and the eighties, the mafia was whacking people so much that they had a special deal with several of the funeral homes in the area, where they would create these special caskets. That had a bottom in it where you could, they'd be like, this is Joey Pants. They'd put Joey Pants in the bottom of the casket, put a cup, a thing on it, and then bury somebody who like literally just died like Auntie Rose. They'd put her on top and they'd bury. So all of these mafia guys are buried underneath someone else in all of these funeral plots all That's throughout New York. And they got caught and doing it, right? But it's like, who is in that casket and why? You know what I mean? Like nobody you knows. Know, that is a, a, a head cannon. I'm happy to accept, and I think Vito is frozen, but we'll just wait. No, I was just sitting there actually. Oh, that was oh, funny. Or... I'm I have crooked seating, and I was literally. No, I don't think I was frozen. But <laughs> no, oh no, it looked like you had your hand up a bit. So I don't know if you were just a very. I'm good just gonna actor. do that now for the rest of the. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You could you could be one of those uh, guys on you know uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, you know, it just plays just freezes. Probably make more money than what I'm making now. But go <laughs> ahead. Sorry. So everyone is there, even Roman and Tej. Dom places the half-burned picture of Giselle on Han's casket. Dom says that Shaw put Han in a grave. So now he's going to do the same to him. Kind of made me chuckle. Just knowing what becomes of Deckard Shaw and his, the whole thing. Roman says he can't take no more funerals. <sighs> This, this whole scene just killed me, you guys, and I'm not kidding, I know, but go I know. ahead. It is very sad. Yeah. Uh, Tej, Tej says they're being hunted, that Shaw is out there watching, and Brian says he hopes he is. It means he's close. Yeah, that was I like that line because Brian is always like, he kind of jumps the gun a lot, but he does follow tactic. He's still keeping his cop sense. He built Absolutely. a He built a, a, a setup when he yeah. was in the Dominican Republic to be able to keep an eye out. Now he's like, I hope the guy is close because we catch him. He's always thinking like a cop. Well, I think he's he, not a cop anymore. Just like we had said in you know fat, the fourth movie that uh, he is very impulsive, but like in in a way that sort of uh, you can tell he has like training like in that area with like being a cop and everything. And, and Dom is kind of the more calculated thinker. So I, I do like that again using one writer for these characters. Those elements are there, even if they're kind of subtle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shaw's out there somewhere. Roman asks Brian to promise him no more funerals. Brian says there'll be one more. Deckard's. Oh, Deckard's. I know. That, that, that line, like, hurt my heart. Like, I was watching that, and the, my heart sunk because it was like, I remember seeing that in the theater, and the audience just going, oh, you could hear everybody kind of groan. Not, not out of, like, that that was a bad line, but because they knew what had mm -hmm. happened to Paul Walker. And it's like, it's so weirdly ironic that that happens. You know, like I, I got invited to an early screening of his final film. I think it was like District 49 or something like that at 
It didn't do very well. But there was literally a scene in the movie where he hops into a sports car and crashes. And I rose my hand at the end when they were talking to the, the people. And I was like, are you going to keep that in the movie? I mean, you know how the man died. Like, don't you find that odd? And you saw, like, the marketing people's faces kind of go, because it was like you needed to have it in the movie. But it was like, it's just really painful to watch when you know what happened. You know what I mean? It's like if Vic Morrow was in a movie where he's like, I'm going to lose my head over this. And you're like, oh, no, Vic, boy. Jesus, you know? Well, there's a suspicious car driving through the graveyard. And so Dom jumps into his own car and takes chase. Basically, they chase for a bit. It looks like Burbank. I'm going to say it's Burbank. Dom runs a red light, and that pretty much ends the 15 minutes. I don't think that there's just a chunk of – there's a whole – it's a big 15 minutes. Lots to go over there. It was a lot. Well, yes. well the, the way that the uh, that chase scene is shot is really freaking cool. Like, mm-hmm. the cars are, like, zigzagging, and it's just really good, like, choreography, really good, like, camera work. Um, yeah, it. I don't know. Like, I, I usually tune out during the races and the chasings and whatnot, but, like, it just something – caught my attention on the well it felt like james wan is super talented man that guy has never made a bad film from what i've seen you know yeah it's a really well acted well directed and well choreographed film and it's like completely blowing my mind like it's on a whole other level than any of the other ones have been even the ones that i enjoyed this was the trajectory i think i mean you know who knows what would have happened otherwise but like it's it's kind of like one of my alternate history, you know, like what, where would the series have really gone or where were they intending to go had they not lost arguably the most integral character to the series? I mean, Dom too, but, you know, Brian was the main character from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and well, we'll, we'll talk about this later actually, because this is another tangent that could have us go for 20 minutes, but, uh, no, yeah, it is. It's it's so painful to watch that that funeral scene, though, knowing what. Yeah, I know what it's happened. Just, you know, but I mean, it's just one of those things. It also almost feels like they were acknowledging it so that the audience, you know, can kind of make peace with it and watch the Dude, rest of the film. I I, too. I I know again, but I th- it's funny just because I know like our last fifteen minute episode is going to be all this <laughs> from yeah, that yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, and so I know exactly what you mean but it is interesting kind of pinpointing different areas in the film where they kind of had to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. Anyway, on that note, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. But I do, (laughs) I'm excited to get through this one. I mean, like I, I do genuinely enjoy it, even though there's some kind of dumb shit too. But you know, yeah. And it's, but, but, but again, it's the degree of dumb shit that you can kind of take in this series which it's 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 like how you poke a person and you're poking them right to the point they're about to explode and then you back off you know it like that they get away with it because for some reason it's very earnest and it's very genuine well i think and, it and seems you to be... feel the love you know what i mean like you could sure. feel that they really wanted to be there and do this well i think a lot of the uh, you know kind of cringy like it's it's hobbs care it's it's those times when hobbs has to be the rock and i hate to keep going back to it but I mean, the rock has a female problem and it's time we talked about it. Oh my gosh. His, his, uh, produces ex-wife and uh, longtime producers is a, is a female, obviously. So 
His business partner. pulled him aside every uh, every few minutes and was like, "Dwayne, you you can't Dwayne, say that. Woman, you can't. don't tell me what to say in my movies. I'm the star, <laughs> not he you." Rushes her a couple times. No, not really. <laughs> we don't advocate that here, ladies my and gentlemen. Wife used to like... tell me what lines to put into the movie until I did that. What was the move where he slams? Oh, the the rock bottom. Rock yeah, until I did a rock bottom on her in front of everybody at the party. Now she doesn't tell me what lines to use anymore. Good job, woman. <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, uh, we better wrap up before we get ourselves in trouble. Uh, um, it's The Rock who should be getting in trouble because right. he has a female anyway. problem and it's time we talked about it. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>